Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And I am giving a big thanks to the simplicity of running right now, Sarah, where all you need are two shoes you can pick up <laughs> at any, virtually any store or, you know, many stores. Um, mostly yeah. they'll carry your size. And you just need a road, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> because you have been, you've had quite a trying morning shopping. I have had a morning, um, I always call it H-E double, but not hockey sticks, but skis, <laughs> a pair of skis. Um, because, yeah, so I have to like rewind a little bit. Um, you know, you know, I live in Denver. Mm-hmm. You know that Colorado is known for its skiing. And I was getting previous winters, um, We've my kids have played basketball mm-hmm. with, um, and most of their games were on Saturdays, which kind of, um, just negated the whole option to ski thing because it was just too much to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Saturday's, um, Saturday's a big skiing day because you can get up yes. to the mountains. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The weekends, obviously. And um, and so Colorado does this thing for all fifth graders. They get a free ski pass. I know you're telling to, me. That's so yeah. awesome. It's very cool. Yeah. So I think I don't know the particulars because um, my husband – um, registered our daughter for it, but, um, but it's like, you know, three days at Vail or maybe Vail isn't the one that doesn't participate. I don't know, but I mean, it's like three days at Copper Mountain, two days at Breckenridge, four days at Winter Park. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're trying to get the parents to come and play, pay full price, obviously, while the kid mm-hmm. skis for free. So, um, so it's not, but it, I also thought maybe it was like, Oh, let's go to Aspen every single weekend. So it's not a case of that. No, you don't get to pick where you, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can go to Aspen, I think on it, but it's mm-hmm. again, it's just like a, you know, a, a, hand, a small handful of days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a buffet okay. of ski, of ski. Resorts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, Amelia, has skied a little bit before this. Um, she's had a couple, you know, lessons here and there and skied, you know, a couple times each winter. Ben, I just didn't have the patience for. So last time was last summer, last summer, last winter. <laughs> yes. You can tell how frazzled I am. Yeah. You've been um, in New, you, you went to New Zealand and you skied a lot in New Zealand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the Kiwi snow, it was amazing. Um, so he, I, I got him skiing a little bit last winter. Oh, cause I have, okay. I have heard talk of pizza, wedges that uh ben was oh, yeah. able to pizza do wedges yeah. french fries you go from pizza wedges to french fries <laughs> um and so anyway so i was feeling a little bit like a delinquent colorado parent basically mm-hmm. um because you know if you live here you should you know grow up skiing mm-hmm. not you should but i just feel like this pressure to get them to grow up short skiing, or at least proficient skiers you I know have, I, don't... I have to say it's this i feel badly that my kids live in portland oregon and they're not like super adept bicyclists they know how to ride their bicycles but i couldn't just say hey ride three miles to your friend's house and don't get hit by a car and you know know all the turn signals because it's such a bike culture here so it's sort of <laughs> sort of an analogy yeah Simplest thing. i was gonna actually i was my analogy when i was thinking about this as i was driving home i was like it's kind of like growing up in portland and not knowing how to knit <laughs> Or not, not or, having an appreci- appreciation for things with birds on them. Right, or, or felting. Yeah, there yeah exactly, exactly. So uh, anyway, long story short is we decided to break from basketball 
and oh. we're doing six lessons this winter. Oh, I did not realize that breaking from basketball was part of the scenario. Well, Amelia's not because now her games are on a weeknight, but Ben's games are still on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. um, okay. it's very tedious scheduling thing. But anyway, so they needed skis. I've got the passes. I've got the lesson set up. They needed ski rentals, and they mm-hmm. have season ski rentals um, at different sporting goods stores yes. around here. Mm-hmm. So... We go, well, first of all, we go to Joanne Fabrics this morning, which I mean, Where they don't have skis. Where they don't have <laughs> skis. But, you know, as as anybody who kind of knows me, I'm not a crafty girl. Amelia wants to make these little bags for her um, holiday presents for, like, you know, my family and, like, her teachers. And so it's a very cute idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm out buying fab. I mean, it just I support that craftiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, I mean, I'm, and, and Grant's going to help her do it, you know. Oh, right, because he's, he's the seamstress in the family. He's the, seam, the seamstress in the family. He's the seamster yeah. in the family, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, so you know, that, that felt a little interminable. I mean, it was fine, but, you know, they were, you know, just getting, you know, 12 different kinds of fabric cut oh, takes I, a while. Can you I know? tell you, I love fabric stores. I just love them. Molly and I went to a really lovely fabric store that I'd never been to here in Portland after our run on Saturday. And it's called Mills End. And it had, oh, I just, I could spend hours. Can you just stop in after you run, like all sweaty and just be like, oh, let's just go look? Well, because Molly had to. So I had made, this is a crafty um, side note here, that that Molly, my, the place where I get my needlepoint supplies is way the heck on the other side of town. And so Molly had kindly enough when we went trail running over on the other side of town, on the west side where there's the more trails, and then I had taken her along to the needlepoint store. So kind of she had humored me with my, my craft run. And so then she said we were doing nine with three at um, basically half marathon pace at the end. And so we were like, oh, let's go down to this um, paved trail called Springwater Corridor, which is way down in southeast. And then she said... Oh, perfect. And I need some things from Mills End, which is this, um, like I said, a fabric store and just has all sorts of notions and, and sewing supplies. So yes, and and I tweeted you, it was so windy here on Saturday that I actually, w- we were dry at the end of our run, which never happens in Portland. So we didn't, I looked, I looked slightly homeless given that I was wearing <laughs> a, a long um, kind of downish type coat over my capris and my sweatshirt and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I, I um, had a hobo air to me, but, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, no, you know, my hair looked presentable. I was, I was, that's, that's fine. No, no, no. I would just see you like, I, because usually you guys uh, you talk about how much you sweat. So you're like pulling out the bolts of fabric, you know, and you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I wasn't... oh, sorry, I got a little sweat on that. <laughs> yeah, no. I dripped a little on that. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't touching anything, but I love fabric stores because um, they really, they hold just endless possibilities for me but since i can't sew then i can't it's all just um dreams i can't can't make them into reality but i do have to say that um molly says that true seamstresses don't go to joanne's um, yeah well, probably not yeah it's not true seamstress so <laughs> yeah it's yeah, fine yeah. I, okay know, true seamstresses when they're being funded by their mother you know <laughs> um they go to joanne's <laughs> okay so you went to joanne's okay so you started there off there. fabrics yeah uh-huh. yeah and i have to say i mean i got i left and i was like oh maybe i should do some of this stuff you know i walk in michael's pretty much makes me want to puke like i just the smell in that place and like it just feels like a lot of foam crafts you know like those little like foam letters. I'm like, those are just nothing but. You I know, wasn't just... sure what word you're going to say that started out C R A. I'm like, no, 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 don't say it. And then you say crafts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. Like Michael's kind of just makes me get a little throw up in my mouth. But Joanne had a little, I mean, there was also nobody there this morning, but Ooh. it doesn't have that 
scented candle smell, which mm-hmm. that's 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 the smell of Michael's is too many scented candles. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so we, the, the, the reason why I got off on the Joey on tangent is that we'd already been out for about an hour doing mm-hmm. something that kind of took, you know, a little bit of focus and time. So then mm-hmm. we go over to this one ski shop um, and I, you know, wait in line and get the kids, you know, registered and sign out all the paperwork. And the guy's like, measures Amelia's feet, which are <laughs> not small. And he goes, um, she's not a junior anymore. We don't, we don't have her size in junior rentals. And I was like, okay, well, do you, do you do adult rentals? You know, mm-hmm. I'm happy to pay for a women's adult. No, we don't do those. All right. Well, maybe we can do Ben. Uh-huh. Ben, you know, he's just on the cusp and no, they don't have any in his size. Oh my gosh. So he's like, okay, this other store called Christie's has mm-hmm. adult rentals. So I go to Christie's and this mm-hmm. is all, you know, I mean, it's all relatively close, but they're about 20 minutes apart. You oh know? my goodness. Not- oh, that's an eternity for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, this is just so you know, we're, we're, we're um, recording this a day before Thanksgiving. So my kids are out of school and people are mostly focused on the grocery store. So the ski store and Joanne's were pretty empty, which was mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go to the second store and um, he brings out boots for both of them. I'm like score. Cause boots are the problem. I mean, skis are a little sure, bit easier yeah. to come by. And uh and Amelia's boots, he puts them in and she feels good. And he goes, mm, these are going to be too stiff for her. She's just not an advanced enough skier. And I'm oh. like, like, uh-huh. Like, you know, pretending like I know what that means. And I'm like, sure. Uh-huh. So um, anyway, like long story short is we had to, he, this very nice man helped me though. And he called over to another store, which was 25 minutes away. Oh. And so I went there and we got what we needed. And the guy at the third store said you know you really need to start thinking about this earlier next year he did not (laughs) he did not oh my gosh he chastised you (laughs) and I said well like how early he's like well um Labor Day I'm like I am not thinking about skiing um at the end of August like (laughs) early September you know it just feels a little like I don't know and you should have said to him oh oh, so and do you have all your holiday shopping done sunny boy (laughs) (laughs) I know right right so long story short is we got the skis we're gonna you know power through the winter um and get some skiing lessons in and the best part was uh, they don't rent helmets for um for the season so I had to get had to buy Ben a helmet and he picked out this one that I swear I have never seen a brighter color green. <laughs> I'm like, that is perfect. I will never lose you. He looks like a little glow worm in it. So I'm excited for that. So I'll oh never my oh my lose goodness. Him. Oh boy. So did Amelia already have a helmet from season? She five? does from her mm-hmm. previous um things. And you know, of course she was like trying on new ones. Like if Ben gets one, don't I? And I'm like, no, sorry, you don't. You know, like I'm spending enough money. That's the other thing. I mean it is it an expensive, it is it's an, an expen- expensive sport, mm-hmm. even if you get the free fifth grade pass, you know, because the <laughs> lessons don't come with the free fifth grade pass. And so this guy that I was talking to in the third store, he was, his kids were getting outfitted and he goes, yeah. And it can be like really manic, like, you know, skiing with your kids. Like some days it can just be an amazing day. And some days it can be like, oh my gosh, they want to go in after one run. They want to eat, you know, drink hot chocolate. That's $5 a cup. You know, you're just like, you know, tallying up like how much you've spent on the lift tickets and the rentals and the getting there and this and that. And you're like, no, we are skiing. I don't care if it is 20 below and your toes are frostbitten. Like we are getting in five good runs before we go get more hot chocolate. Oh my goodness. Oh my so. goodness. See, but, but you, you know, you're giving your kid a life, your kid's a life skill by teaching them how to ski. 
Well, and I did, I mean, I do think that in, in mm-hmm. that um, I tried to learn how to snowboard, you know, in my 20s. And granted, I know that I, I have farther to fall and harder to fall, but I really feel like the skills that you pick up as a kid, it's like learning a language or, you know, hand-eye coordination, playing tennis or, mm-hmm. you know, that's another reason why I love running is because it's cheap. The sizes are pretty much everywhere. And there's not a huge skill set that goes into it. I mean, yep. we know a lot of women that can pick it up in their, you know, 30s, 40s, whatever. So it's very, you know, I like the learning curve of running over, exactly. say, snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, for the record, gave up skiing when I realized how bad my Ray nose was, my, oh, the, the, sure. the disease that makes my hands and feet go um, white, which yeah. I just wrote about on the, um, on our website, a post about how to deal with it. But um, yes, yeah, so my kid, Jack's a huge skier. He's a very avid skier, but he doesn't do it very much uh, now. So just it's a time money thing because, you know, the um, uh, Mount Hood is only about 75 minutes from our house and it's a glacier. Oh, wow. So you could ski year round here. Yeah. Yep. My little sister used to go to ski camp out there in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, our kids, to my yes, to my knowledge, my children have never strapped on skis, and we've probably only gone sledding there maybe three or four times. But I've never gone skiing with the, uh, sledding with them because of my hands. So, oh shoot, mm-hmm. that's too bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you can't do it all, and that's the other thing. I mean, you know, and you, you know, I do. Like I said, I do feel like there's this pressure, you know, being a Coloradan. But honestly, it is not convenient. I mean, it was more convenient for me to learn to ski in Minnesota than it is for my child who, you know, is growing up in Colorado, just because of the logistics, I mean, and the cost. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how much a ticket is at Afton Alps anymore, but, you know, (laughs) it used to be about 30 bucks, you know, versus a hundred, you know? So, um, you know, and then just, and just, and then the logistics of driving, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother conversation because we'll never even get to the real point of our podcast, which is our blue collar Q and a, one of our favorites, right, Sarah? It is, it is. It's our fallback. So we, these are questions that we garnered, I think it was in the springtime. So I'm thinking that the people who ask the questions have moved on, have figured out the answers themselves, but maybe <laughs> they're not waiting for us anymore. <laughs> they're not. I don't think, I think they probably have some races under their belts as they wrote these questions, but hopefully um, our listeners can learn from them. I'm so sorry. You have just reached my answering machine. I'm not in at present. I'm sure you know this whole routine. Our first question comes from Shelly who at the time was, um, she says when she's getting ready for a 10K or half, if her schedule only allows her running three days a week, should she pick up the three toughest workouts, longest runs from the training plan and do those? So, you know, kind of training on an abbreviated schedule. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and that's, I mean, that's the, the philosophy behind run less, run faster, mm-hmm. uh, which I have done once and will only have done once. <laughs> <laughs> it is very challenging, but it is one day of speed work, one day of tempo and one long run. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, you know, or we, we really like to emphasize not doing those obviously back to back. You've really got to give yourself and your legs at least a full day of rest. Um, if not, you know, two, um, in between maybe. Yeah, there can be cross training, and and that's one thing. Uh, run less, run faster. Is they they emphasize cross training. Yeah, the cross training is at least I think two days a week or maybe three. But mm-hmm. yes, I mean you can do that. A lot of people get by on three days a week of running. Triathletes, for one. I mean, I 
I probably ran three times a week when I was training for Ironman and when I trained for other triathlons um, and cross train on the other days, of course. Um, but if it's times an issue, yes, you can get by on three days a week, but yeah, you really got it. Then it's really quality. And yeah, it would be very uh-huh. focused and specific. It's not just, you know, tra la 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 around the neighborhood for four miles. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. And I mean, and, and stop, just cut that out, Alex. I won't add any more to that. <clears throat> okay. Are we ready for the next one? Oh, I was going to say, you do you want to ask the next question? Sure. <clears throat> um, the next one comes from Kim and it's a pharmaceutical question, which mm-hmm. we're so, um, <laughs> adept, qualified adept to answer. I, I, I run with a pharmacist sometimes. Sheila's a pharmacist. So. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So is it okay to take ibuprofen before a run? Kim is asking. Yeah. And ibuprofen, which is um, the most common form of that is Advil to, um, if you're not up on your, you know, um, actual pharmacological names. So it's interesting, this topic, the reason I put this question in here is because the topic came up actually with um, Molly over the, her, our last long run together. She was complaining about a headache and that, you know, a lot of people have heard that, you can have possible liver liver damage um, has been linked to taking ibuprofen, particularly um, like too close to running. And so she only took one Advil beforehand. And I have to say, Dimity, that I used to be very blasé about taking ibuprofen before or after or heck, even during a run. I had Advil in my little, I think it was a fanny pack when I ran my first marathon and I popped a few of them during the San Francisco marathon. But then I just kind of weaned myself off of doing that. But then I don't know if you heard it, but This American Life did an episode about ibuprofen overdosing that just oh. scared the daylights out of me. Are you sure it was ibuprofen and not Tylenol? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, re- I heard one about Tylenol, but maybe it was ibuprofen. But uh, like definitely my takeaway, which <laughs> was my takeaway was to really stick to the recommended dosage. Okay. And, you know, and that, um, yeah. cause I mean, some, you know, you and I pass ibuprofen back and forth between each other, like when we're, you know, after standing in expo all day and, you know, it's like, Oh, my aching lower back. And, you know, neither one of us seem to think anything about popping three of them when the recommended dosage is two. So I, th- I think now I'm definitely, I'm like, mm, Nope, just two. That's, that's, the, oh, that's okay. the dosage. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely, I think people, Kim, you, do not make a habit of doing it and, I don't know. I just think I think we're a pill popping culture and just trying to see um, what what it feels like to to not take it beforehand. And, you know, it is um, taking a, um, you know, ibuprofen is tough on your liver. So, um, yes, yes. I was just trying to Google and I can't do it right now while we're in the middle of <clears throat> talking. But I, I remember doing a piece for I felt like it was Runner's World Online and it was with an ultra runner who ended up in the hospital after, um, taking an ibuprofen. And I feel like he just took one. Wow. Um, I'll see if I can find the story and we can link to it. Um, but the, you know, his liver, he was first of all running, he was winning the race. So he was running mm-hmm. a very, so his body was working very hard to begin with. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I think to also think about is what other things is, are you asking your body to do? If you're running like long, slow distance pace where you're just chatting and kind of, you know, just kind of plodding along versus mm-hmm. racing, 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 mm-hmm. um, for long periods of time, like say a hundred miles. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so he ended up yeah, with liver complications and in the hospital and had no health insurance and it was, and um, drinking was an issue for him. He didn't drink enough. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's another thing. If you, um, do take one, I mean, I took, 
I, th- I took three or four during um, the bike portion of Ironman mm. um, because my back was hurting so much. But I, my stomach was pretty full, you know, mm-hmm. with food. I was drinking very copiously, so I felt okay doing that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I go back and forth because, like you said, the recommended dosage, <clears throat> excuse me, is important. But then, I, you know, I've been to doctors where they, you know, they say, oh, it's okay to take four. Like when I remember when I had some severe knee problems. And he was like, oh, that's just a prescription strength Advil, you know, taking mm. four 800 milligrams or a thousand milligrams. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess if it's something that's super concerning to you, obviously you need to talk to your doctor yeah. <laughs> and not us, you know, um, pharmacists want these, but you know, I think your point about not making it a habit and, and honestly, there are times when I take it and I feel like, did that even help? Like it, you know, mm. it, sometimes it feels like more like a placebo than actually re- pain relief. So, mm. wow. Um, all righty. So let's move on to, um, uh, Angie's question and it relates to underwear. Uh, so she says she'd like to try going sans underwear, but all the pants she runs in are see-through. Which is, that is troubling just by itself. (laughs) Let's just take a moment there. Angie, instead of investing in underwear, you might want to invest in some thicker pants. I'm just saying. I I would drop a little, you know, bomb on the company, you know, the high-end athletic company that's having a lot of problems right now, but I I won't get all gossipy. We won't go there. We won't go there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you and I are both the queen of commandos. We are, we are the co-queens of going commando. Um, but we have recently discovered some really amazing workout underwear options. And so um, so we don't wear them, but they're very clever designs. And the first ones that we love are the Saucony Runder Pants, which we had, which are so well-named. And we had a giveaway for them not long ago on our site. And so, Dim, you want to tell people about the Saucony Runder Pants? Yeah, well, they're just, they're, you know, 100% wicking. So they're going to dry as fast as you sweat. So they're not going to leave you with one big kind of puddle around your, your booty. <laughs> um, and they've got cute little sayings on the back, clever sayings. Um, you know, get used to the view, um, gluteus run maximus or high tail in it. Um, mm-hmm. Catch me if you can, you know, just fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you do go for for underwear under your um, pants, you need to have um, or shorts or whatever it is. You need to make sure that they are wicking cotton. It's just going to oh, it's oh. not going to do you any favors <laughs> because not only I think well they, they they don't wick sweat, so they just soak. I just feel like that's one big chafe waiting to happen. Oh, I just can't even fathom that wearing cotton underwear under a high tech pair of tights. That just. Um, <laughs> Um, so you feel like Laura Ingalls, like having her period back in the day or something. (laughs) Um, um, and then also we, um, are featuring in our 5k or we featured, I guess, by the time this comes out, um, in our 5k of the holidays, some dear Kate, I am strong underpants and they are very innovative. They come in two different styles and they both have pads for leakage for, um, various liquids and uh, they have one pair has a full lining and the other has a mini lining. So whether we're talking, you know, during your period or if you have, you know, maybe your um, um, hoo-hoo muscles aren't as strong as you'd like after having a kid. <laughs> you know, the JJ? Is that what you're talking about, Sarah? Right. Just don't say the real thing. Don't say the anatomical term, okay? Okay. Um, so I got to tell you, this is a funny thing. And so... Um, well, first of all, I have I ran in the I Am Strong underpants on Tuesday morning uh-huh. for various TMI reasons. It's the first time I've done. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. 
For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash AMR. That's BarkBox.com slash AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email, or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely, hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. Matt, it's the first time I've ever worn underwear. Oh my goodness. I know. Can you oh, believe that's that? It. That's it. I am now the queen of commando. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I, I see you my title. Along with the mother of the year title, you can have the, the queen of commando title. Um, and uh, it was, uh, it didn't, I didn't even notice them. And I, and I wore them again for TMI issues that I, I, you don't want me to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is on Saturday, um, we went out for a long run and it was chilly. We went, we met at seven. I met three other friends at 7am and we went for 10 miles training for a half marathon. And, uh, should we say what half marathon? I was we're about to say, Dimity, just put it out there. Let them know what half marathon we are so training this sounds, for. This sounds like I'm really in the know. We're going to Tink. Mm-hmm. Not Tinkerbell half marathon in Disneyland, but just Tink. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes with pink, which is probably what we'll be wearing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so we're super excited that we are going to be able to to be at the Run Disney Tinkerbell half marathon in mid-January. I know it's going to be, be fun. We are going to talk at the expo and we're going to be selling our stuff and then we're both going to run. It's going to be so much fun. It is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, but so, we're, so I'm out training for Tink and I've dragged along, you know, three of my pals and we were talking about what's cold on our bodies. It was probably t- like low twenties, maybe high teens. Oh and, um, and, and someone's like, my teeth are really cold. My <laughs> teeth are really cold. And they kept kind of trying to pull their lips around mm-hmm. their teeth yep. to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get a little, it's like that brace move, you know, mm-hmm. you Oh, I'm moving my lips as in. you're talking to cover up my teeth <laughs> to get them warm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. And then, and then someone else says, my buns are cold. And I was like, you are right. My buns are cold. And this got in this huge discussion about why our buns are cold. So I'm like, dude, that is a thing on me that has the most padding. And it's like <laughs> the biggest muscle on your body that powers your running. Right. Yeah. So 
Like there's, you know, there's there's both insulation and movement. And why are they so dang cold? And one of the mother runners, Becky, had on undies, and she was like, "I'm wearing undies just because that's the only thing on my body that gets cold." So, <laughs> so, um, so even if you do go get the thicker black pants, Angie, you know, maybe undies are a good backup to keep your buns warm if you're running in mm-hmm. Alaska or Minnesota or you know a colder environment. Right. You've been posting some pictures on Instagram that I just can't believe how cold it looks there in Colorado already. Well, you know, it's a dry cold. <laughs> it is cold. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. The in the morning, I have to kind of when I when I meet my friends at five thirty, I kind of just have to play like take the whole closet with me in the car because we drive to a park as oh. everyone drives to a park and then runs from there. Oh, I didn't know that. Me- yeah, meeting at your house just because it's a it's start too boring of a story to go into, but basically meet at a park. So I, the other morning I left with like a windbreaker, a fleece jacket, a light hat, a heavy hat, my gloves, my mittens. <laughs> like I just don't know what I'm going to want. And I've gotten over the past the point that I'm like capris tights. So I'm like, I'm always like tights in the morning now, no more capris, but uh-huh. um, yeah, it's chilly. It's chilly, but you know, it keeps, keeps the blood moving. And, and, and uh, on the 10 miler, someone said running does feel easier in the winter time. I mean, I'll take, you know, 18 degrees over 88 degrees or even 78 degrees any mm. day. I mean, it is, I just prefer the cold. I'm, wow. I don't know what I am, a lizard from a former life, cold blooded. I don't know, but I'm. No, no, no. If you're cold blooded, then you would hate the cold because then you would be, you would be 18 degrees. Oh, okay. So I think so the, you, a humpback whale. I was, about, animal, I was right? going to say you're a whale, but I'm glad you said it and not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We see on the same animal that doesn't have anything to do with running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it has to do with blubber. Uh, yeah. Which you truly true. have none of. You, you dang iron mother. But um, so we have um, two mothers who were asking about running and breastfeeding, including Jen, who wrote, I'm interested in moving from marathon to ultra territory, but I'm still nursing a toddler and need to figure out how the heck to handle my boobies on super long training runs. I've already been known to gear check up my pump at races help. So, you know, I definitely she is um, slightly more um, extreme or on the edge of, of what um a lot of breastfeeding moms are looking for. But, you know, we get that a lot about, is it going to affect milk supply? Is my child going to, you know, is my baby going to turn up their nose at my breast when I come home from a run? And and I want to say that I trained for my third marathon while exclusively breastfeeding our older daughter. And she just, there was never an issue with her, like, not wanting to feed. Or, you know, because it used to be people were like, oh, oh, lactic acid builds up in your breast milk. And then, the you know, it tastes sour to the child. It's like, mm. No, mm-mm. no, just tastes like mom. <laughs> right, right. And uh, I mean, there were seriously times that that I would come in the door from like running, you know, 15, 16 miles and just strip off everything from the waist up and sit down you know, on a towel on, on a chair with a little boppy and breastfeed, you know, Phoebe. And she was just just fine. So, I mean, I think there are some things that you have to pay attention to to make sure it doesn't have a negative impact on, you know, your milk supply and that sort of thing, which are. Um, do you want to share a couple of those tips? Danielle? Sure, sure. So obviously you've got to stay well hydrated both um, during, before, uh, not during, before. That's a little, uh, uh, what's what's the word? Redundant. Dyslexic. No. <laughs> you want to go before, during, and after a run, pre, mm-hmm. during, post run. Mm-hmm. Keep sipping that water, that noon laced water um, with extra sodium if you're running long because that will keep uh, help you retain water. Mm-hmm. Um, don't restrict your calories too closely. I mean, again, your body is working hard for the running and it's working hard producing milk. So you can't 
you know, be looking to lose those last 10 pounds. Um, you know, don't, ha- don't have that be a focus. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be eating just, you know, lettuce when you get back in from a 10 mile run, something like that. Just like you do, right, Sarah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Today is iceberg. Tomorrow I feast on kale. Yeah. <laughs> bib, bib lettuce. That's my favorite. Bib. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, what else? Um, so uh, steer clear of sports bras that have underwires because that can um, kind of put pressure, particularly if you're training for a longer run. Having that pressure of the underwires on your ducts can kind of impede milk. I don't know if it impedes milk production or just the flow of it or whatever. But I have heard from uh, Lejean Lawson, the um, bra expert, has given me that tip when I've written about him. And so then uh, if, if, you know, mother runners are concerned about milk production, I know that I had good success with some nursing teas that when, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm breastfeeding two babies. I need to make sure I have enough. So um, there's numerous nursing teas on the market. They're available like at, you know, Whole Foods and kind of your crunchier stores, maybe not at a, you know, local Safeway or A&P or something like that. But um, they're, you know, just just pretty mild tasting and, and supposedly help boost milk production so well in this question um jen was asking about how to handle her boobs on super long training runs mm. so i mean i'm guessing that they're filling up so i mean i would definitely have the right size sports bra that mm-hmm. you know that fits you and fits you even you know maybe when you're most enlarged so mm-hmm. that it, you can still get the support mm-hmm. um and then i mean i've seen well a couple things about getting them down i mean i've seen runners at races pump or um i mean michelle who's like nyc running mama she did an iron man yeah. like placid and she pumped um in the transitions mm-hmm. so there's that option yeah. <laughs> um i've also seen like when i was up at leadville i saw moms on the side of the trail nursing their kids in mm-hmm. you know at an aid station so mm-hmm. um you know i mean again you know obviously you have really big ambitions and that's great um but just you know temper them with your other you know, uh, commitments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, and the other thing, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, when I used to get engorged and didn't have my child around, I mean, I would sometimes just like let it rip, you know, like get in the shower and just, you know, spray <laughs> it out. And, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't, you know, that, that's kind of a slow process. You're going to, your split times are going to drop dramatically, <laughs> rise dramatically, but you might be able to just relieve a little pressure, you uh-huh. know, just like take that edge off. If it's really like prickly and hurty and you're feeling very basketball-y uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah because we don't have very large storage receptacles you and i so <laughs> yeah, yeah but i do remember being like wow this is still a lot of extra weight to carry around you know oh it is so. oh it is yeah yeah so we have um kelly who says that uh treadmill training has been part of my plan living in the frigid northeast i thought this was a good timely question dimity um sure. how just a year late but that's okay <laughs> right um i hope kelly, she... you figure it out <laughs> yeah yeah how important is it to use inclines and or hill profiles and it is so so important it's obviously important if you're training for a hilly race but utilizing the incline feature on a treadmill is just it's such a great way to build and maintain leg strength you know, just the same way hill repeats outside are. And and it's just so easy. You know, you don't have to run two miles to get to that hill. You know, the hill is right there at your fingertips when you're on a treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it keeps it interesting too, which I like. Uh, I think that that's, you know, I was saying, okay, I'm going to climb at 3% for three minutes and at 4% for two minutes and see if I can hang on for a minute at 5% or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just kind of giving yourself little challenges like that Mm -hmm. um, is great. The other thing, you know, and this was so, this was like all the, you know, trendy fit rage fact going on probably, 
I don't know, five years ago, seven years ago, when they were talking about calorie expenditure mm-hmm. on a treadmill and to have it kind of mimic more the calorie expenditures that you get outside where, you know, your terrain is varied and the wind is blowing you around and you have to move your own weight. Mm-hmm. Um, putting the treadmill on 2% um, just for an everyday run is a good idea. And I tend to do that. Um, and my little trick is <laughs> back when I was doing uh, run less, run faster. Um, again, I told you that it was a very challenging plan. And I did my speed work on a treadmill because it was winter time. And I also wanted to make sure that I could kind of hang at the paces I was supposed to. And I wasn't sure I could do that on a track. Mm-hmm. And so say I had like six, eight hundreds, I would do like three of them at 2%, like two of them at 1%, one at 0.5. And then the last one I would do at zero and it felt so good. You know, it was a little bit of a gimme present, but by that time I was so tired. So it was like um, a little chocolate you gave yourself at the end of a run. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it was still 800. So it was not that much of a treat. Um, Yeah. So you can kind of kind of play with it. And and then a lot of uh, treadmills also have decline features now, which get you ready for running downhill as well. So um, one of the, the woman who designed our, our plans and trained like a mother, Christine Hinton once gave us a tip that said, push a button every minute on oh, the treadmill. So uh-huh. whether you're speeding up or slowing down or climbing or coming, you know, quote unquote down, mm-hmm. I, that, that kind of mixes it up a little bit. And again, it mimics the, the way that you would run outside. Yeah, the so, variability of outdoor tr- terrain. Yeah. 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 And, um, if you, Maybe if you want some, you know, to be on a plan instead of just changing it every minute, we do have a lot of hill treadmill workouts on our site, anothermotherrunner.com. So check those out. So this next one, I could not, this next question, I could not resist because it um, relates, it's, I empathize with Heather who has, um, she has plantar fasciitis. She's rested, PT'd, stretched. It's been ongoing. It, at the time it had been ongoing. And, um, so she wants to know what should she do? She said she knows that I had it and she, if she saw a light at the end of the tunnel, she would be more patient, but she feels like nothing has helped. And then she asked the question that set off the bells in my mind, which is, do I run through it? And the big answer to that is a big fat no. Do not try to run through plantar fasciitis. Like so many injuries, it's not just going to go away if you ignore it. Are you with no me? running injury was ever made better by running. <laughs> Again, let me repeat that. No running induced injury was never cured or made better by running. Was more. ever. Was ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I said. You said was never. Uh-huh. I said, well, was never made better. It was never <laughs> cured by running more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's the same thing, isn't it? It's not a double negative. Was never. Um, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, just I don't know. Anyway, anyway, yes, but that is the that is the gospel. That is uh, that j- plantar fasciitis in particular just seems like it is such a long hanging on injury. It is the injury that just never lets go. Seems like, and so to say, oh well, I'll just I'll just run through it. Like that's not going to work. And I just know so many people who do try to run through it. And, and yes, Cindy Pelto, I'm talking to you, um, a mother runner I um, had breakfast with recently. And, and um, so, and Jack right now has uh, plantar fasciitis again. He, he was the first one in our household to have it. And now he's hobbling around the house. And so it just reminds me that that PF needs to be treated with respect. Um, so I, when I had it, I didn't run until the pain was at a three or lower on a scale of one to 10 with, with 10 kind of being the equivalent of labor contractions or some, something else that's very and, painful. 
Yeah, and you mostly ran on flat then too because don't hills and downhills aggravate. Oh, yeah, and I remember I was out at my parents' house and they live in a very hilly part of Connecticut. And so, and they live on, they live off a road called High Ridge, which guess what, is a road that's on a high ridge. And so, (laughs) so pretty much everything from my parents' house is downhill. So I would walk downhill to this one flat section of road. And then I would just kind of go back and forth a little bit. As I was saying, you'd run back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, I and would. then walk home. <laughs> I would because there was, you know, the, their options are limited out there. So, I mean, some things that really worked for me, um, acupuncture, I can't sing its praises enough. Uh, and then um, working with a PT or a certified athletic trainer, you lent me your Strasbourg sock, Dimity, um, yeah. <laughs> which, um, which I actually wasn't able to wear all that much. I would wake up in the middle of the night with such awful then kind of cramps in my big toe and the ball of my foot that I would just well, rip it off in my sleep. Well, yes, yeah, so a Strasbourg sock is a it's a like a stocking that basically it keeps your foot in a flex position. So it has mm-hmm. a little Velcro or little strap that's sewn on to your toes, like the, mm-hmm. the point of the sock on where your toes are. And then it Velcros up to right underneath your knee on the mm-hmm. top of your shin. So it's basically holds your foot at 90 degrees yeah. um, to stretch out the fascia that is cramping up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it is. It's a tough sell to sleep in all night. Yeah, it is. So, um, and then, you know, roll on either a frozen water bottle or trigger point makes this really cool cold roller that um, it's just what it sounds like, you know, it's very cold and you roll your foot on it, uh, roll your foot on a ball and just, you really just have to stay on top of all those types of treatments. You know, it's not just using the cold roller. Oh, every so often it's okay. It's 10 AM. I'm sitting here at my desk. I'm going to get out my cold roller. I'm going to get my frozen water bottle and roll, roll, roll and stretch. And I, I definitely found with me that I got to about, I don't know, like what I perceived as about 95% recovered from it. And then it just took forever to make that last 5% go away. But ultimately, knock on wood, it did go away. So um, Heather, hang strong, and all you other PF sufferers out there, and with diligence in your treatment, um, you can make it go away. But is it, is it another point, um, always having wearing shoes, isn't that the injury where you always have to have shoes on, not go barefoot? Or is that another running injury? No, that, well, I mean, I definitely found that to be the case. I wasn't barefoot for so long and I just was basically like living in Dansko clogs, which for me, just getting, you know, a little heel under my foot, but having, I don't know, just whatever it was, having my foot elevated a little bit like that just made, you know, my foot feel much better and I don't know, just the way it cradled it, having really good arch support. And yeah, I mean, there's some thinking that plantar fasciitis is kind of caused by your arch not being well supported enough. So, yeah. All right, well, I'll get that award. I, I haven't had that one. So I have well-supported arches. Yeah. <laughs> one in my corner. Sweet, sweet. It's the only running injury I think I've never had, which, you know, so I should, I'm the one should knock on wood. Okay, and we're going to wrap this little Q&A session up with Deb, who is um, asking, she says, um, I am sure you have covered this in the past, but if I ask my husband to run a 5K with me and he is slower, am I obligated to run it with him? And if you ask him to run it with you, then yes, you are obligated to run with him. I mean, do you want to, I mean, I guess it depends upon the dynamics of their relationship, but if you want it to be something that you share, then you slow down and you enjoy each other's company and you cheer them on. I mean, it's a 5k. It's not, you know, it's not a marathon where you've been training for, you know, six months. And that something like a marathon where, you know, you should only be running you know, maybe two a year or something like that. This is, you know, 5K. If you're running it slower, you can pop one off 
this weekend and do another one, you know, two weeks from now or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a couple options. Um, I mean, obviously, I think it's important to have a conversation with the person that you've asked to run a race with you and, and see what their expectations are and, and you know, kind of come up with a plan together. But, you know, I think one thing could be, yes, stick with them, but, you know, Deb or whomever could run a different 5K maybe the weekend or two before and really truly race it. So you kind of get the, the you know, run fast um, feelings out of your body. And so then you're a little bit happier to hang by the slower person's side. Um, you could make it a family affair and have, you know, if the kids are old enough to do a 5K, have them join in. And so then, you know, it kind of gives a different dynamic to the whole situation. Or, you know, maybe if, if the person you've asked to run the race with says, oh, okay, yeah, let's just go at our own pace. And, you know, you stand together at the starting line and then, you know, have a designated meeting spot post-race and, you know, drink chocolate milk together and, you know, um, clink medals or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> clink, clink paper milk cartons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you really have to know what your motivation is. Are you trying to turn your husband into a runner? If you are, then I would run with him because you want to, you know, again, cheer him on and not like leave him in the dust and be like, oh, well, this is my sport, but I guess you can do it if you want, you know, mm-hmm. like you want to, you want to be there for him. The other thing when you were saying about racing before, mm-hmm. another thing that you could do um, is go out for a run earlier that day. I mean, I don't know what kind of runner you are, Deb, um, or even get to the park and go put in like two or three fast miles and then meet him at the starting line. And mm-hmm. you're going to have all your yayas out and mm-hmm. you're going to just be able to be content to go at the pace, let him set the pace. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what I would do, you yeah. know? So you kind of feel like, Oh, I, I, I got in my, like my real runner miles and now I'm going to go, you know, and the person that I invited with, run with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you touched also on an important. I like your suggestion, but you also touched on an important thing, which is let the person, the slower runner, set the pace. Yes. Because you do not want to be like, oh, I invited you along on this experience, and now I'm going to drag you by your hair down to the finish line. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's no fun. Yeah, and, and I've I- said exactly so many times in this podcast, Sarah. I don't know if it's going to run or not before this one, but. I was supposed to stop saying that. So when you hear me say that, you just like set off like a buzzer or something. The exactly thing. Yes, I say it all the time. Oh, I know and you I, did. I don't say you... it any other place in my life except for <laughs> on this podcast. I'm trying to sound all like professorial, like oh, exactly, exactly. My oh, glasses on my, my nose. My feeling exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to try to be Carol Burnett and say absolutely right. I don't know if I want to be Carol Burnett. Uh, I just want to be, I just want to be Dimity, but I just want to be Dimity minus exactly. All right. Okay. Okay. So I will, I wish, you know, if we were in the same studio together, then I could like cattle prod you or something. You could just like pinch that. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kick you under maybe the I'll table. Pay, maybe I'll pay my kids, you know, they're home. Every time I say exactly, they pinch me and I pay them a dime. How's and I'm that? sure they'll be silent. They won't make any noise. They'll come <laughs> to the podcast. Look at what I just said. I just said exactly. Just, it is so <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, to see if Dimity actually says exactly maybe on our Facebook page, for instance, uh, check us out at Run Like a Mother of the Book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com on Twitter and 
uh, Instagram, we are at the Mother Runner. I was trying to think of our um, Pinterest. We're just another Mother Runner, I think, on Pinterest. And our books are Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother. They make fantastic holiday gifts, if we do say we so ourselves. And they a lot are... of other fantastic holiday gifts. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, my bye, goodness. Oh, bye, my goodness. It's contagious. It. Oh, did you do some... that on purpose or did you do that <laughs> Oh, yes, I did it ironically. Uh, oh. positively lutely we have fantastic gift packages on our website, anothermotherrunner.com. And several of them are gift packs that include our book. And boy, they are screaming deals. Like one of them, you basically get the book for free along with one of our popular T-shirts. So to wrap this up. Uh, so have we tempted you yet with our great commercial? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We have. Precisely. Up, whether you say exactly or you're getting your kids skis or you are, you know, coming off a of plantar fasciitis in a very calm and controlled way, many more happy miles to y'all. Mm-hmm.